Welcome, everyone, to episode 102, Justin's Birthday Show and Author Spotlight with D.L. White. So sorry this is coming up a little late. I was at my in-laws this weekend and had no access to a computer or anything that I could edit with. So I've been up since about 4.30 this morning on Monday, President's Day, editing and trying to get this out to you guys. So again, sorry it's late, but better late than never. So Yes, let's go ahead and get into the news. So in Justin news, Justin announced a show in London at the Roundhouse on Friday the 23rd. This is the third free show before the launch of his new album. He'll also be on the Graham Norton show that weekend. So if you guys get BBC America, then that would be the way to watch it. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be up all over the place next weekend anyway. But if you want to see the whole thing, that would be kind of the main place to look for it. And also by his newest story that came out today, it looks like the second single might be his new song, Drown. So we'll keep an eye out on streaming platforms for that to launch and for a music video. This would make song number five that he's teased along with an interlude. Well, four if you were exclude Selfish. So... Yes. Justin also posted a couple of videos of him and Jess for Valentine's Day. Nash had his first sleepover at the house and Chris and Carly did a great job with that. Chris and Brian did a giveaway for their podcast name drop and congrats to whoever won. I just know it wasn't me. Joey and Izzy got matching tattoos for Valentine's Day, a puzzle piece type theme where their piece fits together and has the other person's initial in the middle. And Joey was also on We Are Family this week, singing with his sister, Janine. Lance posted a reel wearing the outfit for the Duncan commercial from the Super Bowl, saying he was supposed to be in it. Duncan even went so far as to comment, it's tearing up our hearts, too. And then Lance, of course, posted cheesy Valentines, as he does every year. So one that said, girl, let's be friends. And another one with a picture of him and Danielle Fischel that said, deaf, just friends. Classic lands. <laughs> and finally, JC was spotted at a club vibing to the music thanks to a Podwall story. So JC is alive and well and surviving these on again, off again winter storms. And I just want it to be over. <laughs> I need the sunshine. And yes, a little bit of rain is good, but just yes, that, that that's all I'm going to say. So let's go ahead and get into the main parts of our show this week. We've got Two different segments, so enjoy. So I am joined by friend of the pod, Marissa, to talk with her about a really kind of crazy experience that you had a couple weeks ago. Yes. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So So you want to kind of just, yeah, just jump right into it? Sure, sure. So yeah, I went down to Justin Timberlake's one night only show in New York City without tickets. (laughs) Um, And London. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds frightening to me as far as just all the travel that would be involved for that. Like for the Memphis and the New York shows, people are like, I don't have tickets, but I'm going anyway. I'm like, I would not be able to do that. So I'm really glad for the people that were able to do it and especially those that got in. 
So Yeah, when when he announced the Memphis show, I was like, there's no way. Like, to find out a day before to make travel arrangements from Boston to Memphis, I was like, that is just not doable. But yeah. right then and there, I was like, I had an inkling in my head. And I was like, he's coming. He's coming. He's yeah. coming to, to New York. I just know it. And when he comes to New York, I'm going to be there. And that's literally what I said the second that I found out about Memphis. So then when I didn't get tickets, I was like... You know, my gut's telling me that if I go, I, and I know that the odds are not in my favor. I know the venue's smaller. I know that Memphis was sort of a, you know, everybody lucked out with the scenario of the weather being a mess. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, I know that this is so unlikely that I get in, but something, my gut is just telling me that I need to go anyways. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm only in Boston, so it's only, you know, three hours on the train. Like, it's not, it's not super challenging for me to get right. to New York. I go to New York know pretty frequently so yeah so we i had literally the second we found out about a new york booked a hotel room i happened to be with two of my friends ashley and katrin that weekend and we we filmed like one of those we're justin fans type videos that okay. kind of went viral so we did like we're justin fans of course we have a hotel room reserved without um, tickets to the show yeah and we were kind of hoping that we would like get noticed because you know other people did the first time around but i didn't right. i didn't really see too much of that this time around i i didn't see anyone that said oh i'm an influencer and i got tickets so i mean it's fine we were just like you know shoot your shot right you miss all the shots right. you don't take yeah <laughs> they were both kind of like no we're not going to go without tickets that's too much to sort of like rearrange life for and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it anyways so then because i said that ashley was like all right i'm gonna have fomo if you if we don't go let's do it yeah. <laughs> so we took the train down and we had a couple friends that were there and we sort of rotated in and out like they went down there at 5 a.m we rotated in and out with them um so that you know we could get warm get snacks you know take the bathroom break things like that and so at some point in the day one of the girls that we're with, she was number one in line, decided that she was going to unofficially number everybody's hands so that, you know, then you have a little bit more flexibility to come and go. And if we all kind of agree to this honor code of numbers. So yeah. she was one. Our friend Regina was two. I was three and Ashley was four. And, you know, we we I think I personally lost track of numbers after 50. I'm guessing that there was 75 100 people tops in that standby line. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was crazy. So, like, there was this one guy that worked at the venue, and he was really nice, but he was also very realistic, as New Yorkers are. And he was like, listen, like, you're not getting in. Like, you're just not. And... But he was also, like, knew we weren't leaving. Like, knew yeah. that it doesn't matter what you say. We're not leaving. So it got to a point in the day where they were like, okay, we've set up, like, the blockades for the people that actually have tickets. So we need to move you. So they moved us to a location. And then they, we stood there for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. We all stayed in our, you know, predisposed line. And um, then they came over and said, oh, no, this is a federal building. I don't know who moved you here. They weren't supposed to move you here. We're going to move oh, you across no. the street again. So they moved us across the street and they were like under like an awning and they were like, um, all right, you guys can stand here. But then somebody came over and they were like, listen, this is a public building. Eventually, they're oh, probably gosh. they're probably going to tell you it's a residential building. Eventually, the property manager is probably going to get wind of this and tell you guys to leave. Like you can't stand out here. And at this point, like the boss of like the security people or whatever at the venue came over and she was like, you guys are not getting in. Like you guys really should be leaving. Like I would not be standing here if I 
I were you. Like, there's just no way. There's no way. And they told us that it was industry night. So I guess Wednesday nights at Irving Plaza, the shows that they have, industry people get invited, which we did see to be true. There was a bunch of Live Nation people there. There was Peloton people. Like, there was definitely a lot of people that maybe weren't necessarily, like, you know, didn't hate Justin, but like, weren't. Justin Timberlake super fans like we are. So it seemed like they had more of those tickets for that type of crowd than they had like the Ticketmaster giveaway and the, the, the Tennessee Club fan club giveaway. So they were like, they just knew. They were like, and they even said, they were like, Memphis was like up the perfect storm. Like, this is not going to happen here. Like, so I would just leave. And truthfully, if I was like number 40, 50, I probably would have left too because I knew yeah. that the odds were very slim. And I knew that, you know... If there was tickets, maybe the first 10 or 15 people were getting in, but there definitely wasn't going to be a 50 or 100 person crowd getting in there. There was just no way. So then they came over and said, yep, a property manager called, can't stand here. We're like, what the heck? So the, like the main man, the main like person was trying to get everybody to go. But the guy that was kind of our friend the entire time was like, all right, let me try to find some places for you to stand. So we, we moved across the street in front of a Target and like we were there for maybe 30 minutes. And then he came over and said, okay, yep, we can't, you can't stand here either. So then he moved us to the other side of Target that didn't have like an entrance to the Target. So he was like, I think that you might be good here. He's like, you know, the concern is, is that they don't want you know the doors to be blocked for actual customers well so that and if i'm not mistaken i'd heard something during the show that new york has anti-loitering laws so you can't just be standing around for a certain amount of time right which was probably With, true i mean yeah. i don't i'm not totally up to date but i have to say though is that as they got closer to the event to the event police did come and the police walked back and forth back and forth like they you know were very clear why we were standing there and they didn't say a word to us so i okay. think it seemed like the venue was kind of doing like a cya like cover your ass like they didn't want to get in trouble yeah. or piss off their neighbors but the police were kind of like whatever like you guys are standing here you're not being disrespectful you're not right. like not hurting doing anybody anything. yeah you're right. not screaming you're not being you know like so we're just as long as y'all are behaving, then we're good. So then, like, when people started getting let in with the regular line, people from our line started kind of walking over. And there was people that were, like, trying to go up to people like, hey, need a plus one, need a plus one. There was people with signs. People were just, you know, just shooting their shot. Right. And they weren't really getting anywhere. At one point, Johnny Wright came out and you know, I kind of like ran over and I was like, Johnny, Johnny, like trying to get his attention. And other people were. And there was two people that got his attention and like told like there was a guy that had gotten a video of Justin when he got into the venue and he showed it to him. And I don't know, these guys got really lucky and, and Johnny gave them two tickets and let them in. But so it got to the point where it was like now. It was past 8 o'clock. The show was supposed to start at 8 o'clock. It was past 8 o'clock. At, the, at this point, the venue's kind of chaos. Different security guards, like one of the security guards is like, no, the standby line's over here. And one of them's like, no, it's over here. And it was just like, people were getting really mad because there were definitely some people that were like blocking sidewalks and like maybe not like just being a good citizen, you know? And so the venue was definitely very annoyed. <laughs> um, but they, I mean, they were, I don't, like I've, I've seen some people say that they thought that they were being like aggressive or making fun of them. And I personally didn't see that. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you were, you know, some of the people that were being a little bit like crowding the sidewalks and stuff, maybe at that point they were like kind of like being a little rude. I don't know. But I personally didn't experience that at all. So then 
Yeah, after 8 o'clock, you know, they said, they basically said, you can't stand here. Cops are not going to let you stay here anymore. Their doors are closed. You're done. And even like at that point, the cops who were sitting in their cars got in the blowhorn and said, we're going to take it. We're going to arrest. It's not worth it to stand here. You guys should disperse now. So we were kind of like pretty defeated at this point. We're like, okay, this isn't happening. But I still wasn't like giving up. And I was like, well, why don't we like wait for the crowd to disperse, like take a little walk around the block, like and come back in five minutes and see what happens. And we were literally, my my friend came over and was like, there's a bar next door. Well, let's go in. We'll get, get a drink, warm up, and come back in 10 minutes. And we're like, okay, like that sounds like a good idea. And just as we crossed the street to walk over to the bar, all of a sudden, Johnny, Johnny Wright went live. And... I pick it up on my phone and I'm watching it and it's like, and he's saying, there's six tickets. I have six tickets. I shouldn't be doing this, but there's six tickets and my phone's blowing up. All my friends, everybody that knows them there is texting me, Johnny's live. He said, there's six tickets. Get your butt to the front. Get your butt to the front. Oh my gosh. We ran we ran to the front and I can see Johnny like in the lobby of the venue from where I'm uh-huh. standing and I'm like trying to get his attention and then all of a sudden he goes inside and live and we're like what just happened? Like he said there was six tickets. I, I want one of those tickets. What's going on? And the people came out from the venue and they said we know what he just said but that's not true. There are no tickets and you are not getting in. And we were like oh my god. So then literally two minutes later all of a sudden some guy guys over there and my friend goes Marissa Ashley get over here get over here and he has the six tickets in his hand and so I go over there and I like shove my hand in his face that has the number three on it and I'm like number three number three and he hands it to me and my hand is literally it's, it's shaking it is shaking like I did not think this yes. was gonna happen and then like kind of like the fun part of the story is that I guess you know for those who know me or don't know me I am you know one of the girls that's in Mission and Sync and you know Carrie Sellards knew that we were there and she knew that you know me and my friend Ashley were there and that we were the first you know few in line and I guess to come to find out she actually had reached out to Johnny and said hey the Mission and Sync girls are with the first five or six in line if you have tickets and you can like help them out like, you know see what you can do and he was like I'll, I'll see I'll see what I can do for them so I think you know it's it's my belief at this point that when he came out with those six tickets he he had done it with the intention to get us in which was kind of like oh my god that's so oh, sweet wow. so Carrie John if you're listening thank you so 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 much you literally made my entire existence (laughs) but it was just you know just like the highs and lows of that day were so high and so low (laughs) and it was cold and i mean it wasn't it was 40 degrees it could have been colder yeah (laughs) but yeah so we went in and we you know the merch table was empty i went over bought merch and i right when i was walking up the stairs all of a sudden i heard the beginning notes to sanctified and ran upstairs and let me tell you it was mobbed it was floor to floor like i honestly wouldn't be surprised if they were actually above capacity because it was just mobbed Mm -hmm. so i kind of found my way there was like some doors to the concert room that had like propped open and i just kind of found my my back to one of the doors and like fumbled with my phone to go live on the mission and sync account because i really wanted to do that yeah i know you know i watched so many awesome live streams at memphis and i and i knew that because it seemed like there was less fans that maybe there was less likely of a chance of lives being going going on yeah. so i was like i was like nope this is this is my opportunity to give back to the fandom so right. i went live and and it was just it was it was really cool like the, the show is awesome i know people commented that maybe the energy wasn't there and like i said there was definitely a lot of industry people so it wasn't you know hardcore fans rocking out but i had a great time 
<laughs> and so there were people that were saying that it was a shorter set than what he did in Memphis. Do you agree yeah, to that? I mean, I think I think so. I think a little bit. It seemed like, you know, I, it was it, everything was such a whirlwind that I don't even know what time he started and what time it ended. But I'm guessing that it was an hour and 15, an hour and 30, some, somewhere around then. I mean, he got through. Yeah, actually, it was it was a hundred an hour and, and 18 minutes because I know how long I filmed on my lives. So, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, but he got through like so many songs. And so, yeah, I think it was a little bit shorter than Memphis. But yeah. Okay. And then so he did Sanctified. He did Selfish. And then I think he also did a new song called No Angels. Correct? No, No Angels was in no. Memphis. I think this one was my, okay. my favorite drug. My favorite okay. drug, I think it was called. And this one was like, it kind of was like, had a, a very interesting vibe to it. Like, it feels like he's playing with a lot of different sounds on this album. Like, obviously, Sanctified sounds a little rocky. Like, Selfish is very R&B pop. And this one felt like kind of disco-y in a way, but it, it was it was cool. I really liked it. And it was just exciting to see new songs. Like, so now what, we've got four songs out of the 18 or and then and then I think. Yeah. And then part of an interlude that he released that day, too, when we were in line. Yes. So it's uh, it's really exciting. Um, it makes me really just anxious for March 15th. <laughs> so what merch did you get? So I got there's a, a hoodie that is okay. like a, be a beige hoodie and it has like his uh, like a silhouette of his face on the front. And on the back, it has the like everything I thought it was side A, B, C and D that we've seen. Okay. Um, so I, I got that and then I got the one night you know, only just in New York City 131 t-shirt. Okay. Figured. I figured if I was going to be at such a special event, I really needed the merch to, to prove it, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was it was great. It was, I don't know, like, yeah, what else did he do? He did Totally Grail, Cry Me a River. We did, we sang Happy Birthday to him twice. <laughs> once it was just the crowd was like, we're going to do this. And then once Jessica came out with a cake and we sang to him then too. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was just, so much fun. It just like everything is just honestly like such a whirlwind in my mind because because I think yeah. I didn't believe that we were getting in so close right. to it that it was just kind of like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, he did. What else he did? He, he can't stop the feeling. Like he did. He did a, a a lot of songs. I think he did like maybe like fifteen songs. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, sounds like a pretty full set. Yeah, and he also did sort of the crowd work that we saw in Memphis. He went into the crowd a few times and just kind of you know he was over kind of where the DJ was and just dancing. Okay, and I was gonna I was gonna say he did some of the same stuff with DJ. Is it Andrew Hype? I believe so. Hypes, I think. Okay. DJ Hypes. Yeah. yeah. The fans are super excited that he's going to be the the one on tour with Justin. So yeah, I wish I got to, you know, see so much some some of the DJ set before the concert started because it seemed like he was really, you know, great. But I didn't get that experience since I was outside still. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just so much fun. It was just I'm really glad that I took that chance and like it made me just really, you know, I see so many of my fan friends that have done really awesome, cool things. And and I think I'm my nature is to be a little bit more like reserved and not maybe putting myself out there as much. And uh, after this, I'm like, no, I'm like, you have to sometimes you just you just you just have to try for it. I'm just happy. Yeah. It worked out. And I'm but I'm also sad because there was a lot of really awesome dedicated fans in line. And I wish that, that, you know, that, that was, didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the downside is that like, you know, there was people I knew and people that I just met and, and whatever. But it was just like, you know, I just, I feel so blessed that I was able to get in, but I was like, this sucks. Like, I wish you guys could all be here with me. <laughs> right. So I know there's some people, we still have a, about a month before the album drops. 
And so there's some people that are like, well, there's still time for him to do more shows. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I heard we I heard yeah. the rumor that there was supposed to be more. I think I'd, I'd, heard... al- I'd also heard that it was supposed to be one a week until then. But we know that didn't happen because there wasn't anything this week. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that someone said that they talked to somebody at Memphis and they said that there was going to be more. So I don't know if that's true. I would think that there would be more, but who knows? We're just just throwing things out there as far as where do you think what are some places that make sense? I mean, obviously LA. Yes, I would definitely say LA. It's, it does seem like that he is hitting places with sentimental values, maybe Orlando. Yeah. Because I, if, if you don't know, Irving Plaza was the first show that they played in New York City when like they were in. I did not day. know that. Yeah. So that's why. So that's why that particular venue in particular had had sentimental value to him. So I've been trying uh. to like. Oh I've been gosh. trying to like predict based on like sentimental like where else has he been where else would it be important to him like what other small venue would be you know would he be like this is a place that has memories and I want to go back I'm wondering if House of Blues in L- is there a House of Blues in LA anymore I, I, I don't think so I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know so I don't know but uh so if anyone's out there and they're trying to predict I mean I guess if you can think of places that he's been but i definitely think la and orlando seem like a must right yeah if we're yeah if this is more of stuff that has meaning to him and not just not where just where, people, where want him to go or where yeah. industry people are yeah yeah so i mean i was still manifesting that it comes to boston so i can try this try around <laughs> too <laughs> But I also don't want to be selfish and I have no idea what would be sentimental about Boston other than the fact right. that they filmed, I think, in the mix, one of the, in, maybe in the mix scenes at, at Macy's in Downtown Crossing. Okay. <laughs> but that's probably not super memorable. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, they could, I know he's coming to San Jose, but they filmed this, I promise you, in San Francisco. He did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still playing the uh, waiting game on when and how to get tickets because he's doing a show two and three days before my birthday. Oh, in wow. My city. So I'm like, okay, I have to go. But right now it's just, I can't afford it with the dynamic pricing and all that. So I'm like, yeah. let the prices go down. But at the same time, then it becomes a, okay, once prices are down, but then if someone else snags, better seats before i do and then it's kind of you're left with what's left yeah it's even tough. if they're not great seats so it's yeah yeah i'm coming in boston my 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 friend had the tennessee club pre-sale code so she bought tickets for us so we got really lucky because we have floor seats and they weren't super expensive they you know reasonable and yeah. those same seats are going for like four times what we paid for them now with the dynamic yeah i so. i had the pre-sale code i just had no money and like I put I put something up on Facebook. I'm like, I have a code. Does anyone want to buy tickets for me and I'll pay you back? And no one, my mother-in-law sent me something that Friday at general sale. She's like, four seats are $600. So I'm like, I had a code that could have probably saved us money on right. Monday, but I didn't know you were looking. Right. Oh, so I don't know. I'm like, uh. But they do sometimes drop, though. Like, when I went to see the Man of the Woods tour, I my my cousin asked me last minute if I wanted to go with her. And I was like, Justin Timberlake, you don't got to tell me twice. So we bought tickets. And they were, like, they weren't that expensive. I, I don't remember exactly how long it was because it was a long time ago. But we only bought it, like, a few weeks before the show. And so I, I'm hoping that things will drop as it gets closer. And maybe people are like, well, I'm not paying, like, $2,000 for a ticket. Yeah. So I'm, I'm manifesting that because there's still a few more shows that I would like to see. But again, right. yeah, I'm still saving my, my money for the hypothetical instinct tour that eventually yeah. happens. 
So no, the, <laughs> the last tour. So he did two shows in San Jose back then. And so night one, I'm like, there's another night, but I don't have, t- I don't have money for tickets. And one of my coworkers was at the show, saw my post. He's like, there's still seats for tonight. I mean, it's probably too late for tonight, but I'm looking and seats are as cheap as $25 for tomorrow. So I'm like, oh, wow. okay, I got $25 seats, get to the show the next day. And where our seats were, they'd blocked off because it was behind like black draping. So mm. you wouldn't have been able to see him anyway. So they moved us down to where tickets were 150 bucks on oh, wow. in, the 100, in the 100 section instead of the 200. Nice. So, and I was like eighth row. Nice. In, like in the seats. I mean, not floor, but yeah. in the back. But I mean, you can, they've said you can, they can see th- through like the first like 10 rows. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed when he comes here this in June, he's coming Saturday and Sunday. And actually I'm not disappointed because I'm about to have like an in sync filled week because I'm seeing, because Chris is also nearby doing the pop 2000 tour that week. So okay. I'm going to see him on. So this is my weekend Thursday. I'm going to see Chris Saturday. I'm going to see Justin Sunday. I'm going to see Chris. So Justin, oh I, I have an instinct sandwich. To look for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't be mad at that. No, no, no. Exactly. Slightly disappointed. I don't get to see two Justin shows, but I'll take, you know, can't get mad right. at Chris. I mean, gotta, I love me some Chris. He's the, he's awesome. So He is. But yeah, but thank you. I mean, I enjoyed, you know, chit-chatting and telling you my crazy experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that all the details of the show were like crisp in my brain to like be like, yeah. oh, this is what he did at this. But honestly, like I was really close to him. Like even though I was right. mobbed, like I-, I could see like... The wrinkles in his suit like I was probably only like I don't know 10 maybe 15 feet away from him like like I was yeah, I, right I, close. I, yeah I remember seeing on your life and I'm like oh my gosh she's like second to like third like second to third like row unofficially like there's people yeah. in front of you but you're still close yeah it, it really put it into perspective to be like i went and saw boys to men last week here and we had floor seats and we were in like row oh so you know we were what 20 rows back or whatever and you know, I was close and I could see them good, but I was like, wow, I was much closer to Justin Timberlake. Right. <laughs> um, and even even though my grainy footage, you couldn't really tell because I was like, yeah, when- zoom in and it was tough. <laughs> Well, so that's the thing is that when you go live, it it diminishes your quality. It diminishes your quality because when I had, so the second time he came around for Man of the Woods, I went live because it uses your phone connection as far as like the internet or like the the data service. Yeah. So I, yeah, for some reason, the quality is just pr- worse compared to when I just did video, even with the same Zoom, mm-hmm. like the ones yeah. that. I'm not using, I'm not going live. We're so much better quality than the ones that I did. Hmm. So I'm not interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and then there were times where I couldn't see him at all. And I was zooming in people's phones. Right. And I was like, well, you can see him. I can't. So we'll watch it on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) And then there were people that were walking by. They were like, live in the moment. And I'm like, I'm like, I I am. But like, I'm also trying to be a good fan friend and share it with everybody else. And like, and, and it's just like, you know, I was definitely like not sitting there glued to my phone. I had my phone where he was and I was watching with my naked eye. So, (laughs) but I was still trying. I was, I was trying to make sure you guys could all see because I know everybody wanted to be there. And, 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 you know, it's it's part of the excitement. The only problem with the lives is that when it's 
it's a concert. And this was the problem that at least the ones that I kept watching on at Memphis was they would get shut off because if the music, the music. sounds too much like on like something that's on streaming. Yeah. It gets shot off because of copyright stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, had, we, yeah. I didn't have that problem, but I know I was talking to one of the girls that runs the Day One VIP account that was there, uh-huh. um, and she had went live during one of them and got knocked off for copyright. So I don't yeah. know why I didn't and she did, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> right. But then I showed her how to download it afterwards because you can still download your lives after, and it's a little, I guess, little known Instagram fact. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was just so cool and. I was exhausted the next day, <laughs> but definitely worth it. But the thing is, is that it's tough because if there is more shows, I don't know if I would recommend that people go and do what I did. I was just, I was just going to say, what would you say to someone that is considering it for anything that might be announced? I mean, I think two things. I think if you decide to go, you have to be super realistic. You can't get mad. You have to understand that you are taking a risk and that you have to kind of own that risk and be prepared to be disappointed. And I think that I if you if if it's gonna take you if you're gonna have to get on a plane to do it don't do it and I think that I just think that the I think that people in Memphis got really lucky I think we got really lucky in New York and I think you know obviously there was what 100 people in Memphis five people in New York so I would think that going forward if there's more you're gonna be still looking at the same five or less that are gonna get in if anyone's gonna get in at all so you know everyone's gonna have to do what they want what they think is best for them but I really you know spending hundreds Hundreds of dollars to get on a plane and, and arrange childcare and take time off of work and hotels. Save that money for the concerts. We, you know, even if you have to yeah. travel to a different city, like put that where I guarantee that you're 100 percent going to see him. Is what right. I right? Yeah. Now that we know that there, because I know for a while there was like a panic of is this his version of the tour? Like, is this what we're? Is this what he's <laughs> right. doing? Yeah. But yeah, now that we know that there's a tour, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to be like, I was at this special show, but again, if it's and even if they are places that are sentimental, if it's not Memphis or on his birthday, I feel like like it's still like yeah it'd be cool to go but there's not gonna be that same attachment and feeling to it that yeah you could just wait until tour yeah yeah if you're gonna be spending tons of money anyway yeah i'm like johnny wright was saying to us when he you know he was talking to the crowds he's like i don't understand why you guys would all come like he's like you knew you didn't have tickets like you knew this was a risk that you're taking and like he was you know very polite about it but i mean he's right like we all took a risk and and i think but for the most part i think for the most part the fans online that didn't get in i think that they were understanding because they knew that the that yeah. they were your risk in the vast majority of the people online were new yorker um so mm-hmm. they hadn't traveled for it so you know and you know at the most you know commuting into the city an hour like you know so i think yeah just like there were so many people that showed up like after work yeah that we, we had a lot more people like after five o'clock though that, that was probably like another like 40 people that showed up in our line it's just funny how sometimes they're like wait like they're like shocked by how dedicated we are be like do you not remember how we were 20 years ago i know and do you really think that we wouldn't continue to be be like this 20 years later mm-hmm. yeah so especially like i think like the og instinct girlies because there's tons of people that like justin that weren't into boy bands or or just found him later or, or maybe younger weren't you know in their prime age-wise to be 
you know, into sync. But I think that there's just there's another level of these of, of us that have been around since the beginning. And I don't know. I mean, because like I have some friends like I have I have a friend at work that, you know, she knows I like sync, And we, we talk about I talk about sync and all my adventures and blah, blah, blah. And she says someone says something about Justin Timberlake and how he's in sync, and, and she's like, Justin's not in sync. And I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And then she said to me, well, how come when you talk about sync, you don't ever say Justin Timberlake? I was like, because it's implied. Like, I don't have to right? say like, he's the, this he's isn't the Justin Timberlake and Yeah, he's in the group. <laughs> so, and I think that there's, I've heard a few other stories since then that some people, I don't know, don't know his his total past. And I mean, if you're one of those people and you're listening, you should probably check out sync. They're awesome. Right. <laughs> but, but we're just crazy. We're just, we're, we're devoted, dedicated fans. And it's, I think that it's beautiful. I mean, I know there's can be highs and lows of our fandom, but I think in general, just seeing all the love and devotion for Justin and the rest of the guys after all these years, after, mm-hmm. you know, us become from kids to grown women, like, I don't know, just there's something beautiful about it. For sure. Well, thank you for joining me. This was fun. Thank you for having me. And, um, and, yeah, we'll we'll have to chat sometime soon for we'll we'll have to find something else to talk about. Oh no. <laughs> How will we survive? I mean, I think talking about NSYNC is my favorite pastime. So <laughs> yes. That's what that's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, thank you, Gina. <laughs> All right. Have a good rest of your night. Bye. All right, guys. Welcome back. A friend of the pod. <laughs> Most of you know her as Miss M from Instinct Fiction. She is also author D.L. White. So welcome back. Thank you I, for having me. I talk to you every day in the Discord chat, right. but <laughs> it's been a while since the listeners have been here. Yeah, yeah it's, talk, been, so. it's like six months, right? Because I think, because I'm trying to, when was... It was the last summer. Time, yeah, the last time you were on was right before everything launched with the... With the stuff that with the Discord yeah. and Patreon, yeah, it was it was a summer, definitely before okay. all of the crate. Yeah, it was way before JC's birthday because we were talking yes. about awesome August bringing back the challenges. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then everything <laughs> exploded. Mm-hmm. So it's life been a minute. We, yeah, life as we know it has changed. Yeah, like, completely. For sure. <laughs> so I guess kind of we could start there on how how things have changed within the archive since the last one we were on and all that. Because I know for a while it there was quite a bit of an explosion of stuff, people coming back. Yeah. That. And really, it's still it's still happening. The more that the guys do stuff, the more people are reminded that they really love this band and they love the stories that surround them and they love writing about them, like everything that happens. You know, there's an alternate reality of everything. And I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm so surprised and literally dying for somebody to write the reunion, to write uh, what you did. You did in the what something in the room uh, in the room where it happened yeah right that yeah. one i'm I, i'm actually catch, yeah i'm catching up to that in my current in the, fic. In the other one yeah. yeah so like you're literally the only writer that's writing the reunion about what happened in that room what happened before after alternate stories like i just need people to get on their pen and open your <laughs> imagination and put 
it in the archive. So, you know, we were, it was, it was dry for a minute. Like I literally wasn't even paying attention to the archive, the Twitter, the Instagram, nothing. It was just existing. It was just a website. Mm -hmm. I took it over in like 2018, 2019. I think it was 2018. I took it over so that it wouldn't disappear because all my stories are on it. And I know, you know, other people like this is the only place really that people have their that their stories are hosted. Like I would be able to pull mine off, but there are some people that have just forgotten about the archive and they might come back once a year and read a story here or there. I didn't want to see it disappear. And so I was really just paying to keep it open. And the thought was to actually let it go. And I had posted a while back, hey, this is the last year the archive is going to be up. So start saving stories, start finding another spot. And people were like, no, no (laughs) the thing is like i'm paying like 20 something bucks a month you know to keep the site up but like every time something goes down or we need a revamp or you know this happens that happens we got you know they got hacked a few years ago that's why they were going to give it up and i took it over that Mm -hmm. cost me money i i paid dollars to get the archive back up when we were we were having like pop-up issues i think i talked about this when i was on um, last year but like i was gonna let it go and then thankfully a few members said hey you know what if we kick in a few dollars and you know like you know we could have like a little private place to like jam out about and sync and writing and we all support each other we read each other's work we help each other write like what you know what do you think about that and everybody was like yeah, yeah. heck yeah let's do it let's do it so i set up the discord and people who join the patreon for three dollars a month you get access to the discord which is just people who have kicked in money every month like money comes to me and that helps me keep the archive up it's right now it's paying for hosting and for backups so that no longer has to come directly out of my pocket which it's not like it was a burden but I also felt like this site means so much to people but I'm the only one carrying it and it I feel like it shouldn't be that way. If it means something to you, $3 a month, you guys should be able to, you know, to kick in a little bit. So we have, I forget how many people we actually have in the Discord because people pop in and out whenever they can. Some people are there every day. Some people come in once a week. Some people come in once a month, you know, whatever. We have such a good group of like people. We fan out together. We jam Mm -hmm. together. We all are like listening to Better Place together. Remember when Better Place came out and we all Mm -hmm. like joined up on the Discord to listen to it at the same time. Like I love that kind of stuff. Love it. Because I don't have friends in real life that get down with NSYNC like that. So like this is like it's my happy place. It's like it's just a place where I go to like be silly and nerd out about NSYNC with people who get it. But also people who need, hey, I need help writing this chapter. I need like a plot point. Can somebody beta read for me? Can I, you know, my new chapter is up. You guys go read it. Oh my God, I read it. I can't believe she did that. And why did you leave it that way? Oh my God, this cliffhanger. When's the next chapter coming up? Like all the stuff that really used to be in the feedback and and the reviews, like way, way back in the day, fanfic used to be, I mean, you used to get so much feedback on it. Like people would send fic writers email about, hey, I just read your fic and it was so good. And I really liked it. And what if this happened and that happened? And we used to get that kind of feedback on the archive, but it's just... I guess it's just a thing that people don't do anymore. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that we're getting in the Discord. And so um, I'm 
so glad you guys didn't let me shut it down. And then, so we had decided, I had decided, okay, I'm going to jump back in both feet. We're going to bring back challenges and we're going to bring back activity and we're going to like just kind of rally the writers because who knows what NSYNC is doing. And then weird stuff (laughs) happens. Yeah. Popping up August 8th, 2023. I feel like I haven't slept since that day. Justin wished JC a happy birthday and all hell broke loose because it it was a scene from a studio and everybody lost their minds because these two haven't been in a studio together in a long time. Like, I don't know how many years, but they haven't visibly like been filmed together in a studio in a long time. So the whole world, I feel like, because even like the UK fans are like, what's happening? What something's happening? What's going on? Like all the like the gossip sites, all the like the like the fun, like the guy that does the lips. I don't know what his name is, but he does like it's just eyes and lips. And okay, um, that is not your slogan. That guy did a video about what the heck is going on with NSYNC like that's how you know the whole world is like what's happening wait 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 what's happening what's happening so weird things started happening and then roll out a better place and it was so nice to have that space to not only like talk about it and throw around clues and talk about what might happen what could happen what is happening but not really be around the fans that were like way off the deep end like we I don't like I don't think that we were so much looking for Easter eggs, but when stuff popped up, we were like, okay, okay, something, something's happening, something's happening. So it's been like, honestly, it's been such a joy, really such a joy to have just to have that space. And even like the personal conversations that we have had in there, it has been, I feel like I hope that it has been worth the $3 a month that it costs to be in the Patreon. And so, you know, I think it hasn't been great for everybody. I had one person that just couldn't figure out how to get into the discord so they they discontinued their membership but other than that it's been been really nice it's been a dream it's been just such a really great place and then we just started seeing people coming back to the archive el miranda hadn't been on the archive in over a year maybe a couple of years it, it had been a while she started updating one night one night and then there's another there's another story she's updating that i can't remember the name of it but um el miranda came back allison blaine just came back she She's rewriting mm-hmm. The Beach House. And I don't know if people had ever read The Beach House, but I don't think she's updated that since 2019, maybe. So she's rewriting that. Just not Brandy. I would love for Brandy Ray to come back because I need the I need the good neighbor to be finished. Like uh, I, I need it. Um, I mean, Mac hasn't gone anywhere, but she's been writing new stories. Bobby Lynn. Well, I haven't seen Bobby Lynn on the archive in years. She's a JC writer. She started a new story. So like people have been so inspired and motivated by Mm -hmm. just things happening in the fandom and like it sparks new stories and new ideas and you know especially us in the discord we'll see something on the internet and be like oh this would make a great story somebody write it somebody write it right now (laughs) write it right now I need it in fic right now so you know I really I'm really hoping especially Justin being out on the road Joey being out on the road you know, Lance is doing his, his theater thing. He's writing books. Chris is hosting Pop 2000. Like the, the uh, JC is sometimes he leaves the house. <laughs> when he's not working on the musicals, you know. Right. The boys are busy and I'm I'm hoping that them being a little bit more active begins to get 
you know, the wheels turning for our writers and they mm-hmm. start, you know, submitting new stories. But really, I mean, for Awesome August, we had like something like 13 new fix. We hadn't had 13 stories, 13 new stories in like 2021, but we had 13 new fix over the course of that month long challenge. And then oh, wow. the October challenge, I think had 10 new fix. That's that is a lot of new stories. <laughs> In, yeah. in one year. So I was really happy to see that. It was so great to see a resurgence of people, you know, writing fan fiction, writing about their faves, dreaming out loud. I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I want more of it. We are doing we're doing the Timber Tone Challenge, which is about to end like the 26th. I don't think I've, I think I've seen an entry yet, but we had two big challenges. I'm, I'm, back I'm working back. on I'm working on one. But okay. yeah, life. I was sick for a bit and so yeah. that just halted all my writing and just yeah I, it, yeah it's the holidays it's like trying to get tickets to a Justin concert <laughs> it's everybody yes. going on tour right now and so I feel like you know I didn't want to not have a challenge for them because we're definitely going to do something for Lance's birthday I didn't want to not have a challenge for them I want to open up the opportunity for anybody who wanted to write something and honestly that challenge is always open there's no way to close the challenge so if you've yeah. got a fic idea that is something new new tattoo new shoes new relationship new lease on life new house new crush on a member of a boy band write a story and add it to the challenge there's no way to close a challenge so they're just open in perpetuity but you know in the interest of like trying to drum up you know people adding their stories all at once so we have a glut of stories to write we kind of give them dates that way people don't feel pressured to like always write to that particular theme or challenge so the timber tone challenge is still it's gonna be open if you get an idea in april by all means, throw your story in there. We would love to have it. We'd love to, you know, to read it and give you some big ups about it. So the archive has been going, been going well. I'm I'm very pleased with, you know, with what we have had going on lately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I feel like there's myself and at least one of the other people that keep throwing out ideas and it's like, okay, somebody needs to write this because I've already got it. like three I've already got three stories that I'm working on in my head or actually right. writing that I'm not going to yeah. be able to get to it soon. And I need this now. Yeah. Somebody, somebody. So, write it. Yeah. And we also had the the thick wish list that's still up. If you have, you know, if you've got a wish and you want somebody to write something, anybody, anybody can grab one of those story ideas and write it out. You read something and it pops in your mind and you want to take a piece of that and write 2000 words on it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Even if you think you can't write, even if you think you can't write, write it anyway, write it anyway, because Nobody on the archive is going to be like, oh, this is trash. Chow, this is trash. Nobody's nobody's going to be that way. And if they are, uh, message me because I don't play about my writers at InSync Fiction. We don't do that here. So, you know, even like if, if even if you feel like you can't write, if you've got the idea and you have the desire, put it on paper and submit it at the archive. I mean, it'll live there in perpetuity. You can drop it and then it'll be off your mind, out of your head. It'll stop bothering you. I'm, or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. But <laughs> <laughs> so did want to kind of not sure how to switch gears, but yes, right. to your books. So mm-hmm. I know over the holiday break, I was able to read two of your stories. Well, one short and then one of your full length. Yes. Thank you so yes. much for reading those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's more that I'm definitely interested in so I'm like all right what I have um yeah (laughs) that's part of why I'm not writing so much right now is that I'm reading more 
And for me, it's number one, I get to enjoy other people's stuff. But it's also there's with the exclusion of the books I'm getting through the Libby app, there's no time crunch. Yeah, yeah. On when I have to finish this book, unless it's one that I'm borrowing from the library, which then I can just renew it for Mm -hmm. another three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I've really been enjoying being able to read books, whether it's on my Kindle or on the archive. But yeah, I wanted to have you come on and talk about any of your books. But yeah, so I read yeah. Anonymous, which was a New Year's Eve short that you wrote. And you said that that was originally a fanfic? Yep, it was originally a JC fanfic about, you know, he spends every New Year's Eve in Miami. Or he used to anyway. He still does, right? Almost every well, New Year's Eve. This- this year, this year he was. The year before that, they were in the Caribbean. They were at St. Bart's, St. Martin's. That's right. That's right. So it was kind of playing off of him going to Miami every New Year's Eve. And he does kind of decides to go down there and meets a woman. He's looking for a unique experience and someone to spend the night with. And he stumbles into a club someplace he's not really supposed to be happens to follow a crowd like down some stairs and down a hall to like a really private underground club and he sees a beautiful woman across the room and they're kind of playing the you know look at me don't look at me come here go away type game the the flirty flirty game and she ends up coming to talk to him they have a little flirty flirt thing but she will not tell him her name because you don't need to know my name you clearly don't live here and you you don't need to know my name we're just gonna have a good time and walk away and so they end up going back to his hotel room and they're getting down and dirty and they get to a certain point and he says tell me your name or I'm going to stop. And I'll leave it there, but I really like that story, just particularly for like the cat and mouse kind of activity mm-hmm. that's going. I like, I really like the idea of like her playing with him instead of him being the playboy, he's getting played yeah. a little bit. So I, re- I wrote that story. It was, it was in sync fan fiction. And I was at a point where I was, I felt like I was ready to move on to commercial fiction. I was ready to write quote unquote real stories. Um, yeah stories I can sell basically and I had entered I was going to enter a story into a magazine called Crimson Romance it was an online publisher they only published ebooks they're they're no they no longer exist but I said let me take one of these stories and just unfanfic it I'm just going to I'm going to take out the J.C. Chazé part. I'm going to like rewrite my hero. I'm going to leave my heroine, but I'm going to rewrite my hero into someone that's just regular dude. So I invented Jacob Cutter instead of Joshua Chazé. It's Jacob Cutter. And Jacob is like lives in California and he is a software executive and he's written this like um, software safety app or whatever. He just works real hard and his best friend Lincoln says, hey, I'm a New Year's Eve baby. We are going to Miami for my birthday. Come on out. Mm -hmm. So same story. They go to Miami. He wants a different experience. He ends up like shooting off from his, you know, his guys. It's a 
guy trip, but he's like, y'all go to that party. I'm going out. I'm going to find like, you know, it's like it's a whole sausage fest here. I'm going to go like, I'm going to find a girl. And so same situation. The rest of the story plays out kind of the same, but I had to really, I had to rewrite the main male character because he obviously can't be Joshua Shazay in the commercial fiction. So he he doesn't have, so in the fanfic, it was just JC. There was no other like friends or anything. He just was in Miami by himself. I would have to look it up. I believe, I think it it was in Miami. Is it on the archive? It is not. I had taken it down because I wrote it as commercial fiction, but I I okay. I, I have a copy of it somewhere. I pulled like I can I pulled it down in Word, so I'm almost sure I have it somewhere. I'll have to look it up, but I think he was alone. Um, okay. Yeah, I think he was alone. Maybe I don't know. I, it's been a. It's been like I wrote that in maybe 2009. Okay. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I was gonna enter that, uh, or I did send it into Crimson Romance after I unfanficked it and rewrote it, and they rejected it, and I was like whatever i'm gonna publish this <laughs> because yeah. i had a book uh, my debut novel is brunch at ruby's and i had a book that i was trying to query with agents but i was just getting a lot of the i don't think i can sell this i don't think this is right for me this sounds good but i just don't i don't think it's ready and i was like you know what i'm gonna publish this i'm gonna put it out myself and if nobody but me and my mama buys this book it'll be out like all i want is to put this book out but i I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to take this. I'm going to take anonymous. I'm going to have a cover done. I am going to figure out how to format for ebook. I am going to figure out how to do the chapter headings. I am going to figure out how to upload it to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. I don't think Google Play was like a player back then. I'm going to figure out how to self-publish. And Anonymous was my practice. So December 31st, 2014, Anonymous was published and it basically changed everything for me. It gave me an Amazon author account. It gave me a Goodreads author account. It gave me an ISBN. My book could be submitted to libraries. People could buy it and read it and put you know, give it reviews. It was like my first foray as a self-published author. And like, I always tell people like, I'm the type of person that I, I got to figure it out myself. Like I got to like, I like to jump in the middle and get lost and figure my way out. Like I just jumped right in, like unfanficked it. My friend Heather, who is something blue 42 on the archive. She is also a self-published author. She did my cover. I had, you know, I did. She did the original cover for Anonymous. The new cover I did myself and I I do all my own covers for I did all my own covers for my books. Lately, I've been buying them because they do so much of a better job than I could on my own. But like my first 10 books, I did all my own covers. So, you know, I just had to figure out how to do that myself. And if I can do it once, I could do it 10 times, 100 times, 1000 times. And now I know what the heck I'm doing. And I said, okay, I got this. I figured this out. And so now I can can self-publish my debut novel. So in March of 2015, I published my full-length debut novel, which is Brunch at Ruby's, which is a it's an upmarket women's fiction. It's upmarket women's fiction with romantic elements uh, about three best friends who share, you know, life's learnings and losses over brunch at their favorite soul food cafe in Atlanta. It's the book of my heart. It is my absolute baby. It is my favorite of all of my books. 
It's still really my best seller. Everybody loves brunch at Ruby's. Um, so and it's about to turn it turns 10 next year. So it's been such a journey. Like I started writing fan fiction in 2008. And I say all the time, if it wasn't for fan fiction, I would not be an author because it was absolutely my proving ground. And I learned how to write by writing fan fiction. I learned how to talk to readers by writing fan fiction. I learned how to create characters and story and suspense and like create a whole, you know, a story arc by writing fan fiction. And it gave me material that I could then learn to create commercial fiction. And I'm not the only one. I am absolutely not the only author out here that started in fan fiction. Uh, Twilight was fan fiction. Fifty Shades of Grey was fan fiction. Rainbow Rowell, what book did she write? Rainbow Rowell wrote something, but she also wrote, there's so many authors that also wrote fan fiction and that's how they got their start. I'm so proud to be one of those authors. And and I think a lot of authors stop writing fan fiction after they start writing commercial. And I did for a while, but decided to return to it because it is where I find joy. I published a book last year that had I thought I put my foot in that book. The reception was really lackluster. The competition was very stiff. It was late in the year. It's like a summer vacation book and it came out in like October. So too late in the year for it to really hit in the season it was meant for. But I just felt like, you know, let me just like put this out. It's ready. I'm not going to hold it for a year. So I put it, put this out. The reception is really lackluster and I was depressed really, really depressed, like worst launch ever. I've never sold so low. And I decided that I was going to go back to fan fiction because fan fiction is where I have fun with writing. Fan fiction is where I really enjoy putting together a story and putting it out in serial fashion and having people read it and go, oh my God, I love this. Like, like it, it's it's terrible to need this, but I needed it. For once, I needed to write something and not cringe at like trying not to look at my reviews and seeing who hates it and like, um, what are the ratings today? Like, I don't even read my reviews on my commercial fiction because I can't take it. Even because even the good reviews, sometimes they'd be a little shady. Like, I wasn't expecting this to be good. Like, really? You know, like four stars, but the author could like, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to stop at the four stars and let it ride. (laughs) You know, like this author has a gift, but she really needs an editor. So I got an editor. Oh my God. So I decided, you know, it's, I'm so happy that the archive is still around because I decided at that point, I'm going back to fan fiction. I am going to write whatever my heart's desire. I'm going to pour myself into it and I am going to get back to writing because I enjoy writing. And writing because I enjoy people just digging into the story, putting the story together, and it's not going to be romance because I'm tired of writing sex scenes. And there are some sex scenes in that story that I wrote, but it was the last story that I wrote on the archive called The Story of Kate. It's like Uh a like a thriller ish. It's it's an offshoot of All I Want to Do, which is my longest story on the archive and kind of my favorite. I just brought those two characters back because it was easier to just continue their story than to invent two new people. I just had so much fun writing that story and I stepped all the way out of my comfort zone. I stepped all the way out of my regular, normal.
norms for like, you know, writing a story. And I just had fun with it. And I had a great time. Everybody that left a review or everybody in the Discord who was egging me on and giving me ideas, um, like, you know, Mac and I had like probably a three hour long text conversation about it. Everybody that sat with me in the in our, our Saturday night write-ins while I was trying to write that story, like all of that builds to your author experience. And mm-hmm. sometimes we get we're so we're so introspective. We're 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 so JC about the writing. <laughs> Well, we're very quiet. We're very introspective. We're very introverted. And we kind of we crawl into ourselves and like I'm alone in my head and I'm just writing things that I might like throw a little thing out here every once in a while and then like scurry on back to my cave uh-huh. like one JC should say might. But sometimes we need to like get together with our clan, with our crew, with our brothers, put our voice on the mic and yeah. let the world love us. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a subtweet. That's not I mean, I'm not I'm not speaking to JC at all. No, at all. not at all. <laughs> no, as if he is listening to this podcast. I'm just creating a parallel. You know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know you feel me. I know you feel me. <laughs> yes, that story was originally JC fanfic. Somewhere I have the original. I have to, I'm sure I have it. I have to go dig it up. But there's that one. And then I did same time next week. Somebody talked me into unficking that one. And I did actually publish that one, but it was terrible. It was really, it's a great fanfic story. It's not the best commercial fiction story. So I did end up taking that one down. El Miranda, though, still has it. She still has the original copy that she bought. I told her to throw it away and she refuses. But it's still (laughs) out there somewhere. A few people have a copy of that, but that disappeared. It went away forever. It still lives on the archive. So I'd read that and then I also read Hey Lover. Yes. Yeah. And go ahead. I was going to say, I don't remember where that idea came from. I don't, I, I think I was probably listening to LL Cool J's Sirius XM station and Hey Lover came on and it just started writing itself in my head. Like that sometimes that's how it happens. I don't know where that idea came from, but uh, I started writing Hey Lover in like 2019. I hit a wall, I put it away. And then in December, in like late 2022, I decided like I hadn't published since September of 2020. So I was going on more than two years without uh, a release. And I I was like, no, I can't. I can't go another year without publishing something. So I dragged out Hey Lover in like early fall and started working on it. And I pushed that thing out at the very last minute. December 31st appears to be my favorite publishing day. (laughs) December 31st, 2022, I put out Hey Lover. So that's a really fun one that it's like a re union type romance of two people yeah, that like dated. Yeah, like a second chance. Yeah. Second chance. Yes, that's what I was trying. To, those are the words I was <laughs> I was trying to think of. Yeah, so they had dated and met in college and dated and were like faded, like really deeply in love and met for each other. But Malik was in one place and India was in another. And Malik, I really was suffering from depression and things just weren't going right for him. And he felt like he was going to drag India down. And so he broke up with her. 
And so the the Hey Lover is about these two. Malik happens to see India out in the media on the news and gets a deep desire to reconnect with her. And so this is the story of them reconnecting. And so yeah, so I I love that one. I think it's I think it's a cute story. You know, I I shoved, shoved it out at the last minute. It's probably not my best story, but but it's a it's a cute one. I really like that one. I remember so admittedly being a little bit nervous by the I don't want to say disclaimer I guess of about it being black fiction and how and so there was part of me that was like okay like I'm I'm gonna read it but Mm -hmm. how much am I going to be able to take as a white person right and like am I am I going to feel like I'm not really understanding a lot of things and for the most part I I feel like I was still able to really understand the culture and mm-hmm. and everything in there there were I think there was maybe one or two references that I'm like okay I'm gonna need to look into these stuff yeah. to figure out just yeah my people know but... my people know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah And I always say, like, I I have white readers. I definitely have white readers. You know, all my white friends read my books, and I like to think they don't have any issues with it. But, you know, I write for a specific community, and it is great if everybody, like, I have white readers, I have male readers, I I cater to a specific community, but I also like to think that I write in a way that most people, like, you understand what's going on. Like, you, you get it. You might not get all of the nuances, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing stopping a person from asking, hey, what does this mean? So I think in one of my books, I had my character say something like, if you got something to say, you should say that, say that with your chest. And uh, my beta who was white was like, what does say that with your chest mean? I was like, you know, like, 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 say it, like, be bold, be, you know, say it. And she's like, why can't he just say be bold? I said, because it's dumb when you say it that way. Like Kevin Hart (laughs) said, say that with your chest. Black people will get it. Don't worry about it. Black people will get it. So I know my people will get it. And, you know, like eventually you can figure out what say it with your chest means. Like, I don't mind people asking, hey, what does this mean? Am I not understanding this? I don't mind. Other people might not mind, but, you know, I don't mind. But I was actually very impressed that you read it because there's clearly black people on the cover. (laughs) So... Yes. Yeah. But I'm glad it was a good enough story that it, it bridged, you know, it, it bridged the culture gap and it wasn't yeah. like, you know, deep into black colloquialisms. Plus, you know, I love me some LL Cool J. And um, I, I like to think of most people know who LL is. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then so on my to read list so it's on my kindle i haven't gotten to it yet is a thin line and then after that i think i'm gonna look into the guy next door yay so a thin line is one of my favorite stories a thin line is on the archive it started out as uh fan fiction Um, okay so the copy that's on the archive i didn't realize that my chapters are really long and so some of the chapters are cut off so there is a there's a link there to download the entire thing and you can just read it front to back and and nothing's cut off. I apologize for that, but I just don't have the bandwidth to go through every chapter yeah. to figure out where it cut off and then add a chapter in between there. I just, I, I ain't got it. But there is a link to grab a copy of that, the archive copy. You can download it and read it, you know, 
front to back is directly from the archive. So I pulled that because I published a commercial version of it and I didn't want people to come to the archive to read the archive version instead and thinking they were reading a book for free because they're really like two different or kind of different stories. So again, in A Thin Line, the characters are black, but much like Hey Lover, it's not steeped in colloquialisms. It's not like thick with, you know, Black culture and dialogue, you should be able to understand, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. The archive version is super fun because it's pits JC as sort of a, um, how do I put this? He's not a nice fellow. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked writing him as a pest. He is arrogant. He is very much a ladies man. He is a handsome man and no one can tell him any different. And he is in love with Angie Blake. He has been in love with Angie since before like middle school. Like they lived down the street from each other and kind of grew up together. There's this foursome that all like grew up together. It's Angie, JC or Preston in the commercial version. His name is Preston. And then Nate and Morgan. It's this foursome. They all grew up together, went to Mm -hmm. high school together. They all went to University of Central Florida together. Troy is in it. (laughs) Um, JC's brother. I didn't change his name. His name is Troy, right? No, his brother's name is Tyler. Tyler something. Yeah, I did change his name then. Yeah, still (laughs) a T though. So um, so his, his little brother is in it. His little brother is also an attorney. And little brother and Angie work at the same firm. JC slash Preston works at like this uppity like boutique law firm and so they're kind of they go head to head in the courtroom all the time and he literally beats the pants off of her every time they go to court so they're always like battling against each other in the courtroom and then their best friends are dating and then engaged and are getting married and talk Angie and JC slash Preston into planning their destination wedding so not only are they seeing each other in court all the time now they have to get together and plan this great wedding and they both love these two so much that they decide that they're going to put aside their petty differences and put this wedding together and like make it a big show it's going to be like the best wedding anybody's ever been to but of course they see the goal behind this project is to bring these two together for them to realize that they still love each other Um, They still want to be together. There's still love between them and the animosity between them. It's just actually like long harbor lust that they have been hiding from. So that was a really, really fun story to write, mostly because I like writing JC being a pest. So... There's a lot of like petty back and forth in that. And then like the moment when Angie realizes like this could be so different if like I could just get over this, then like the second half of the book is like it's this it's the same but different like they're still headstrong they're still two like really petty people but do they realize now how they feel about each other and now how do they get along and how do they how do they manage their 
relationship. I mean, it's a romance, so we all know what's going to happen. But between guy meets girl and guy marries girl, there's a whole mess of stuff in between. And the mess of stuff in between is what makes every romance different. So that one, that one's a thin line is a ton of fun to get ready to laugh, get ready to roll your eyes, get ready to want to punch people in the forehead. It is a, it's a good time. It's a really good time. And then the guy next door is part of my small town romance series. And in that one, I pay homage to our faves and sync and and, uh, and really all of the boy bands, it's I, I wrote that after watching the new edition movie like five or six times and decided I had to write a member of a boy band. So Taj used to be in this band called The Guys Next Door, um, but he got sick before they hit it big. Um, he was, in fact, in the hospital when the guys go on the BET Awards for the first time. And he has been really sort of in the background of their success. And he reaches a point or the guys reach a point where they decide they want Taj back. And Taj has grown up and he has become uh, a nurse. He has healed from his childhood illness, but it still sort of lingers in his mind and in the background. And it's more of a, a conquering his fear type of, of thing. You know, he, he he moved away. He has a house. He has a job. And his childhood dream comes calling again. And is he going to answer that call? He ends up meeting Yvonne, who lives in this little town where I set these stories and Yvonne is the exact opposite of Taj where he, Taj is very JC-like. He likes to, I feel like I write JC in every book, but anyway, he's very quiet. He <laughs> likes to like, he goes to work, he goes home, he writes music on the piano. He writes all, you know, all the, the songs that the guys next door sing. And Yvonne is the polar opposite. She is vivacious. She is energetic. She runs her own YouTube channel. She is very outgoing going, super friendly. She calls him nurse dude. He calls her Miss Gerard. So he's like like very stoic and reserved and she just kind of crashes into his life. She ends up renting his guest house and they sort of form a bond and then that bond turns into more and then a big storm blows through town and the hair salon that she works at is like destroyed by this huge storm and so now she's off work for like a week and he's like hey come home with me to Jacksonville Florida and and so that's really kind of where their romance blossoms super super cute story I did I didn't dedicate that book to NSYNC but they are in the acknowledgments and there's like there's a couple of NSYNC Easter eggs in in that story. I could not like write a book about a person in a boy band without mentioning <laughs> right. think, like it would be against the law really to do that. So I'm glad <laughs> I, I, I was able to get them in there. I mean, it's really, really more of a new edition type story, but like it's very my love letter to boy bands um, type of book. That's also that's a really that's a really fun one. I, I feel like I say that's a fun one about all my books, but I do feel like all my books are fun. They're yeah. fun reads. They're not super they're not super angsty none of them have sad endings they all end happy so if you're always looking for something you know feel good uh something uh uplifting something funny steamy sexy petty i love banter i love love scenes that's all gonna you're gonna find all of those in my books so hopefully people find something that they would they would like to read and if after you've read all my books then you should come on over to nsyncfiction.com because I have like 27 fan fiction stories that I'm sure people haven't 
read. But again, they're my early work. And that's when I was like building that writing muscle. And, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, as you go along through the stories, they get better and better because I was getting better and better at writing. And, um, you know, that's that's definitely what fan fiction did for me. So what would you say was the hardest thing about taking your some of your fanfics and turning them into commercial stuff? I think the I mean, I think the hardest is rewriting a whole you have to rewrite a whole character. Like I, I kind of say sometimes it's easier to write a whole new story than to unfic a, a previous story because there's so much nuance in fanfic. There's so much canon. There's stuff that we know as fans that we don't have to explain. And so a lot of things in world building gets left out because the fans already understand certain things. Okay, yeah. It makes sense in Anonymous that JC goes to Miami for New Year's Eve because we as fans know that JC goes to Miami every New Year's Eve. You don't have to explain that to fans. When you are writing commercial fiction, you have to build a complete world and you have to build your whole new character and even like they can be based on that real person but you still have to make them a whole human being you still have to introduce that person to your audience you have to define jc as your new character jackson scott like we all know it's jc but people who don't read nsync fan fiction and people who don't know fandom don't know jc so You have to create a whole, you have to create that whole new person. And sometimes it's harder to pull that out of a story you have already written and and rewrite that. I would say that would be the hardest part. Like the story is already written. So you would think that it would be easy, but it's it's hard to look at it and go, now what would regular commercial fiction readers not understand? Yeah. What what is what's what's understood in fan fiction and what comes across because we already know this stuff? Um, what do I have to explain? For the most part, the heroines are I can leave them alone for the most part, except for yeah. the part where they're like, oh, I don't care that you're a celebrity unless unless you're new original character character is a celebrity you got to change all of that she can't be fawning over and sync in the new version because in this new version it's not jc from nsync it's a whole it's jackson scott you yeah. know so you do have to fiddle a little bit with your heroine if you're if you're writing a, a male female couple but you know that whole main character you got to totally you got to totally rewrite him his character his you got to give him a backstory. You have to like, sometimes you got to come at your story from a whole different angle and you have to explain the premise. Like who cares? Who who cares about this? Who are these people? What do they want? Why does anybody care? Why can't they have what they want? You got to like, start there and you know it's it's hard pulling those elements out of something that's already established because like now you got to read people's minds like what won't what won't they understand yeah i think for me because i know we've talked about this and i've mentioned it on other episodes Mm -hmm. that wanting to take one of my fanfics and be fanfic it Mm -hmm. and there's part of me that's like as I'm as I'm rereading it just as a fanfic being like okay how do I make sure that I include these pieces the way that they are as far as some of the conversations that are had mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. more within like the the heroine and like other characters that aren't the that aren't Justin mm-hmm. 
while mm-hmm. also taking changing some of the other things within that story. Yeah. Um, or like it's like hearing Justin say something in your mind and that's the dialogue that you put but your new character might not say it that way. So like does it work if if you if you can't hear Justin say it does like does does the line still work? Like yeah. getting down to the nitty-gritty like that it's it's hard. <laughs> so there yeah, there's one line already where I'm like, okay, I really need to figure out what his last name's going to be cuz there's mm-hmm. one line where they go to Nashville like he takes her to Chris's house but she doesn't know that that's where they're going and he opens the door and he's like hey how's it going Timberfuck and I'm like okay how do right. I how, how do I change this yeah or this new character yeah and like, I'm what, like what's his new last name and how can you make it crass yeah <laughs> <laughs> what kind of crap nickname can you come up with for yeah it's, it's not like thing. you can yeah it's not like you can just go into google docs and just tell it change justin to jonathan and yeah. change in sync to this band name yeah. and change yeah. song titles and it just suddenly work so right. yeah yep i think that yeah that's part of the main thing that i'm dealing with right now as far as just even in the planning stages of okay how am i gonna do this it's surgery it's like it's it's like surgery and you really have to like operate on every aspect of that story to make it you know like really to make it flow in its new format because honestly sometimes stories work because fans understand the underlying meaning behind it and having to actually explain the situation that makes this relevant is hard you know so writing five guys in a studio is probably boring to most people writing in sync in a studio is so meaningful to fans because yeah. how long has it been since they were right. in the studio and so now you have to like pull yourself out of it and go well <laughs> this group x-men hasn't been in a studio together since 2002 because they sort of kind of broke up and, and mm. you know like it just becomes this long drawn out explanation of how to like this new world that you're trying to build but also like I love a challenge and I I think like once you sink into it once you really have your new world built your your new characters your new storyline your new backstory your whole story arc and once you sink into it that those changes will just become naturally to you because now you know the new story and you're telling yourself the new story and as you are reading the fanfic you see the holes that have to be filled you see yeah. the you already see the dialogue that has to change you already know you got to give dude a new name it has to be something that can you know that you could easily make a crass nickname out of so like the synapses they're firing they're going right and it might be hard <laughs> but writing a hard story sometimes that is what makes the reward of having the story complete like so worth it because like i'm i'm always like i deserve cake after yeah. writing this story because this was really hard you know so yeah. it's so much to me i feel like it's harder than just sitting down and pumping out like a brand new story brand new characters brand new setting brand new backstory all of that it's it's much much harder to turn fan fiction into commercial fiction but you know the good thing is it's already written yeah so you know it's just the hard part it's just it's just the surgery which is it's some work but i I mean i think it's worth it and then you have something 
commercial. And then you have, you know, your first piece of commercial fiction out there, which, you know, for me, every time I publish a new book, I feel an immense sense of pride because do you know how many people tell me every single day, man, I've always wanted to write a book but they don't do it. Yeah. They don't put their fingers on the keyboard and they're not up like, I get up at 6.30 in the morning. Let me tell y'all, Gina is already up. Yes. <laughs> I, I normally am up about... <laughs> Five o'clock. Five, five. Gina, Gina's already up. She has already posted her chapter for the day. Like nobody works harder on the archive than Gina. So like, you know, nobody's up in the morning. Nobody's up late at night. Nobody is, you know, they're not, they're not spending their Sunday nights, you know, editing or, you know, um, editing a podcast and getting it up. Like people want to do certain things, wanting to do it and actually doing it are two separate things. And so yes. just the mere fact that you know you're writing a story and you get up in the morning and you you know you write on your phone during the day I don't even do that I'm writing book number 14 and I don't even do that like I cannot stand working on my phone so I don't even do that like you know, popping in pieces of, of dialogue and, and exposition and story while, you know, you're on a break at work. Like that's dedication. That's work ethic. So I don't have any doubt that you'll be able to do that. But that's something that people that say, ah, well, I always wanted to write a book. They're not doing that. But you are doing it. Uh, I think the other hard part with the book that I'm wanting to do is that so much of it requires like so much of the main story is the the weeks during a karaoke and the songs Mm-mm. in commercial Mm-mm. fiction the most you that. can do you can't do that the most Mm-mm. you can do is say what song they're singing and who it's by yeah and so trying to figure out okay how do I convey what they're trying to say without using the lines from the song right yeah I, I think that's pro- I think that's probably going to be the hardest part yeah for me beyond changing yeah. male lead I'll tell you one thing and this may be a smidge controversial but I have been using chat GPT not to write the fiction but like if I say can you describe a stateroom on a yacht because I don't know what the heck that looks like it'll give me a whole paragraph here's what a typical stateroom on a yacht looks like like maybe you could do like use Google for that but I can say describe X song by X author without using song lyrics and it might, you know, it'll spit out such and such song is a raunchy Western tune that people say reminds them of blank song. Like once I have an idea of like what direction I can go with the wording, then I can do that on my own. But uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I just need like I need a little boost. Yeah. So I like to use it to like prime the pump. Like give me an idea. Give me an idea. Like I am writing this scene set in this place with two people who are in love. What's a great word for, I don't know, twilight instead of twilight? It'll give me a list of 27 words I can use instead of twilight. So I'm not using it to write the story, but if I need to like enhance something, I need a different way to say something, I need an idea. Give me names that begin with J. (laughs) First name J, 
last named T, it will give you 27 names to choose from. And like that way you don't have to sit on your couch like trying to think of names that begin with J and T. And like now you can have fun with it. So there's like all kinds of tools out there that we can use to pull our story together, to give us ideas, to take the mental load off a little bit so you can get back Mm -hmm. to having fun putting the story together. Yeah, those were the those were the two biggest things that as I've been kind of thinking things over trying to be like, okay, how am I going to handle these? So, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's no hurry, there's no deadline. Yeah. Take your time. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm planning on doing these after after I'm quote unquote finished writing fanfic mm-hmm. as far as the ones I have in my head. That's right. unless other stuff gets in my head as well and it's just like Yeah. <sighs> you have a you have a few going. You have just you going. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two that, so one that I'm actively post, well, even then actively, I don't know that I've posted anything since the new year. I was just looking today. I don't think, I don't think I've seen an update on your stories since before the new year, but it just, it does show in most recent. So nobody else has either. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It still pops up as most recent for me. So. um, Okay. And now I'm. Why am I not seeing it? Oh, there it is. Yeah. I'm like, what? I was like, what story is it called? Oh, Meant to live. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, last updated January 4th. Just so after that was the new year. One. Yeah. So one. But that was like update. right before you got horribly sick. So. It was. Yes. We give you a little grace there. Yeah. Thank you. I was not. I was. It was hard. Yeah. But yeah. So that's one that I'm actively writing. And then there's another that I was writing stuff to try and just get it out of my head and try and play around with stuff. I had actually, um, one of the chapters was for the holiday challenge. Mm. And then... No, for Poptober. I think it was for Poptober. Maybe. I don't remember. But yes. So there's technically two that I have on Google Docs. And then there's two more that are in my head that part of me keeps wanting to merge them just because they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm like still trying to figure that out. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's no hurry on those either. They, yeah. You're not being paid for any of this. So no. they come when they come. And I think the really the hard, the hard part of this is wanting to get it out because you want people to read them and react to them and enjoy them but also that puts so much stress and pressure on you and that's when people start feeling burnt out and then they get tired and then they stop coming to the archive and so like I always feel like I would love to have the problem of people constantly asking me where's the next book when's the next story when's the next chapter but honestly when I was in that position, I felt so much pressure to keep producing. And I was like a story mill, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, what is this? What is this feeding? Why? 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 Why are you all up on me like this? Like, go, go find something else to do. Find something else to read, you know? So yeah. but like, now I'm kind of in the position where nobody's looking at me. Nobody's watching. Nobody's asking for new stories. And so I can kind of coast. I can like, just take my time. I mean, the stories are gonna come eventually you will just it it will just be bursting out of your head and out yeah. of your fingers and you know the the time's gonna pass the stories are gonna come it's gonna be fine you know as the archive just renewed so it's not going anywhere yeah <laughs> so 
<laughs> Unless it breaks down because they're about to do another PHP upgrade. I was going to say you were saying something about that. E-fiction is, is hanging on by its toenails. <laughs> so pray everyone. But normally they're able to like roll the PHP back so the archive will work. So if you pop up and the page is just blank, I probably already know. I am probably already on the phone with our web host and they are probably in the process of rolling back PHP. But until there's a new version of eFiction that can handle updated PHP, we're kind of, you know, we're, I do take backups, but we're kind of just surviving. I wish, like, I wish there was another archive software that worked, but no one has ever developed any other. I mean, except for, like, I mean, archive of our own. I like our little home on the internet with like JC's cheekbones cutting into my eyes every time I open the page. <laughs> I'm like, are you are you sucking in right there? Like, sir, sir, what's with your cheekbones? Uh, it's vicious. It's very vicious. So, and Lance is like scowling. So I, you know, I, I like our our little our friendly little NSYNC home. So yeah, we hope it stays up. <laughs> I guess kind of based on things that have happened since August, mm -hmm. what's kind of the number one moment that you would want someone to write a fanfic about? Let me think. Because I feel like the biggest moment was them being in the studio, maybe the premiere, the movie premiere. I feel like I just feel like that night was such a whirlwind, but it was great to see them all on stage together. And I feel like like the thing about Better Place is I forgot that that song was tied to a movie. I like I didn't hear anything from any of the actors in the movie. Well, yeah, I, we couldn't go yeah. to the strike. So that's, yeah. that's the that's the thing for me is that. But really, I feel like they could have put it out as a single mm -hmm. without tying it to the movie. Without tying it to the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was on the soundtrack. So I feel like yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't really get around that and they didn't want to be well, fined. So. Yeah. Well, so I think. I think I, and again, have no idea how any of this works, that could they have released it as a single? And then once the, I mean, thankfully how everything worked was that the strike was over before the movie premiered. Was mm -hmm. that once that, once that was announced, be able to be like, oh yeah, and we have it on this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's technically double dipping or... Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I think know. that because the song was commissioned by RCA for the soundtrack. Okay. So it was commissioned by RCA to Justin Timberlake, who invited the rest of the guys to be yeah. on the song. And it would have had to be commissioned to NSYNC as a group. And they don't currently have a label. So I think they're... I don't doubt that they thought of that, like ways to get around that. It really, I think, all depends on if RCA wanted to play ball. And it, it seems to me like RCA didn't really want to they didn't really they didn't really want to participate in making sure the song could get out without being tied to the movie. That would have been a great way to to coach it, but I also think it, I think it would have meant NSYNC putting out an album on RCA and they don't have a contract, so I don't know. But that kind of yeah. I'm just surmising and guessing. Right. That would have been a great way to put it if they I guess if they had time because it was really already in motion when the strike went into effect. So it makes sense to us. But again, 
men. So like, who knows if they even, (laughs) who knows if they even thought of that, you know? So I think, you know, the, the, the movie premiere, I feel like Better Place overshadowed the entire film. Everybody was so excited about NSYNC being on the soundtrack and having a song. We didn't, I didn't hear any other songs from that soundtrack. I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch any interviews with any of the cast, really. Couldn't because of the strike, but after right. the strike yeah. was over, they were free to. I haven't heard a single other song. No, not that. Well, not, I, not a peep. I've listened yeah. to the soundtrack because I'm a four-year-old, but yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, mean, the only- I only bought Better Place off of the soundtrack. I did not buy the soundtrack. Okay. Did I? I might have. I don't remember. I, I mean, I probably did in my sleep. I feel like the premiere was a great night for them. I don't feel like they were a big, cohesive group. Maybe, maybe the MTV Awards, because they had been together for days at that point, like in the when they did the photo shoots, they did the MTV Awards, they did Hot Ones. ones. I mean, they they were together. It was days of time. And so I would love like, you know, a fly on the wall of those conversations. Also, when they're talking about I think Lance was talking about this is another studio moment, but like, I feel like they got in that studio and like hashed things out like had really had to like be honest with each other and come to blows about the the h word the long slow goodbye the feeling like justin stepped away from the group and the record label left them hanging uh, i feel like they got in that room and like blah like really hashed everything out and like lance said that like justin cried the most i need yeah. that moment i need it yes. i need all of that like i need i need to the the catharsis of those emotions and men being like hey we went through the toughest thing we will ever go through in our lives together we are bonded forever and like i don't i don't get too deep into the their brothers lore i don't i don't really get too deep into that but those men have known each other longer than they haven't. JC right. and Justin met. I JC was 30, Justin was yeah, like 30 years 10? ago. I mean, he was 12? Yeah. Yeah. You've known this person since you were 12 years old. They're a part of your life. Joey and JC met like when JC first moved to Florida to do yeah, Mickey Mouse Club. Club. Chris and Joey have known each other probably the longest. I mean, these are like deep seated friendships. And then, you know, when, when NSYNC got together and the label was like, now we got to get rid of that blonde kid because he can't dance. And they were like, no, no, actually we need Lance. Yes. And like they all <laughs> kind of banded together to keep Lance like... That forms a, a bond. And like maybe yeah. I don't really dig deep into the their brothers thing, but they're the closest. They're the closest to each other that they could be without being actual family. Like, yeah, you know, though there are people I know that I met in 2001. If my friend Nikki called me and said, oh, my God, this thing is happening like please fly to Orlando, Florida. I would be on the next flight out. She is not my sister. I don't call her my sister, but that is my friend. And I am getting my butt on that plane. Like those are the kinds of friendships that have been fostered. And when that friendship broke apart, because I feel like it broke apart a little bit, I feel like it fractured some, like not as a five some, but there's little little factions like Joey and Justin have stayed close. Justin and Chris have stayed close. Lance and JC have stayed close. Everybody loves Joey. But like when that 
group fractured and then came back together, like them going back in the studio and saying, it's like we never left. It is, yeah. it is, it is a familiar feeling. It's, you know, the, you know, it, it, it we just kind of devolve into the same kind of jokes, the same kind of humor. We all know what we're doing. We, we like, we all, like, we, they sat in that Hot Ones conversation and it was just like it was the year 2000. It was the same, the same kind of banter and, and really the same respect for each other. Even mm. though they kind of rib each other here and there, they all have the same respect for each of them and the role that they play in the group nobody's trying to be the lead because they have two leads in that group nobody's trying to be the base because yeah. the base is there the base has a job um right. and so like i would love to read a fictional version if we can't get like the tapes because we know they taped it if we can't <laughs> yes. like, a fictional version of that conversation like have have the tough conversations like emote get it all out make up be friends again you yeah. know so um like i would really like to see that i'm i'm all for like emotional impactful or um like i like a funny moment but i like i would love to read joey as being a serious person that says this hurt my feelings when this happened and i didn't like it yeah i know there's some of it that i plan on putting in meant to live and mm-hmm. there's part of me that's like okay at what point do i offshoot to make to really focus on and I guess that's kind of why I'm stalling is Mm, like continue it as JC and there's just bits and pieces of it or do I really focus on JC and them as opposed to JC and her Mm. because yeah it would be an interesting perspective if you left it as JC because he seems to be he seems to be the one it's not that he doesn't want it (laughs) It's that he he doesn't it's not that he's indifferent, but it's that he'll do what he needs to do because the group is doing it. But it wouldn't be something he would personally push for. So it would it might be interesting if it was from his perspective, like feeling his emotions of bringing the group back together, because I feel like nothing would have happened if JC was not in on it. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not the hugest fan of Justin, but like Justin, that group is five people, but two people are really, really strong. And if JC is a no, it's a no across the board. So I I don't like I don't see them doing that without JC. Kind of don't see them doing it without Justin, but mostly because they have said it's all five or not at all. The only reason that there was an option to do anything without Justin is because JC is very strong, and so is Joey. So and um, Justin and Justin told them, "You guys need to do Coachella. Like, yes, do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. Have her sing my part. Do it. Yeah." And so I feel like dropping JC really messes with the sound, and it it's not it's not the same and i feel like it just it just would not be the same if jc was flat out like nah i i i I think i'm out i don't i don't think that they would have moved forward if it was not and i feel like the group seems very democratic if it's not five yeses it's a no so and that they've kind of had to be that way since the whole lou perlman thing not saying i know anything but reading into the situation, (laughs) reading what they say, how they act, how they've discussed things, how they, how they divvy up the responsibilities and 
the money and the roles and like how things work. Everybody has a job. I kind of, you know, I feel like if it's not five yeses, it's a no. And so knowing that the decision sits on his head might be an interesting perspective, might be an interesting tack to take. But like what other like what other point of view would you come at it? Like would it be like a like a outside looking in, like a like a third person view, like they as opposed to first person <laughs> view? I think it would probably still be third person JC, but at this point I'm the more that you're saying it, I'm kind of thinking maybe it needs to be more of a standalone as opposed to where he's also where he's dealing with this, but also mm-hmm. has a wife that's pregnant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all of that and how that's changing his life and there's just a lot there's a lot of change going on when you're trying to put those two things together like the fictional and the reality exactly that it could become muddled that that might just need to be a separate story Mm. keeping and keeping things more based in reality with what we can what we kind of think and can yeah. extrapolate to fill in those holes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it could go either way, which is why it's really difficult to make that decision because you could you could you could wrap it into a story already in progress or it could stand alone. That's what yeah. really makes it so hard to decide which way you want to go. Yeah. I I feel like if I were to continue, if I were to put it in my current story that yes, while being important, it wouldn't get as much focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is something that the fans have been super excited about, that mm-hmm. it does need to be more in depth. Like, I yeah. feel I feel like, like you said about having, about them having that conversation. I, as much as he mm-hmm. loves his wife in the story, I don't know that he wants her privy to all of that. Right. And would be, and would be like, I need to talk with my with these guys. Yeah. I yeah. need you to go upstairs or what or if they're right. just be like, I need you to go be with Jess. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Would, yep, yep. Just the five of them. Just the five of them in the room. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would need to be like a separate story as far as from his perspective, even if it's not first person, but that be the focus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. If there's someone that wants yeah. to write it. That'd be awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I know. Mean, I yeah. I really thought we would get a lot of like reunion focused stories, um, but we we haven't. I mean, Justin is about to go on tour. You know, Lance is doing the theater things. Like nobody has any ideas. Nobody nobody has any any ideas. I <laughs> I, I think maybe it's of not knowing what's coming next. Yeah. That. We don't want to write one thing and then be like, oh, well, that didn't happen or it didn't happen that way that it's kind of like, okay, well, do I go up? Do I go back? I think that's part of what I mean stuck with is making sure that it's accurate, but also writing it. And if if this does happen, but it happens a different way, do I leave it the way that I wrote it or do I write it how it actually happened if we have those details? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the freedom with fan fiction is that we're we're basically writing. I mean, it's it's basically fairy tales anyway. So, yeah. like, I would never go back to a story and rewrite it because the reality ends up being different. Because, like, I wrote it in my world, in my reality, in the fan fiction world. This is what happened. So, I mean, kind of the benefit is 
right now is writing it as it happens. But then like what happens when things go left? Like what, you know, when like stuff, when you expect them to zig and they zag, like I feel like I wouldn't want writers to feel pressure to chronicle and document real life. I want people to view real life and allow it to dream, allow them to dream, um, to see what's happening and give their spin, give their interpretation. Because originally fan fiction um, you like came about to tell a different story, a better story, a more thorough story. Like, oh, I don't like how that ended. Here's how I see it happening. Oh, okay, they broke yeah. up. No, 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 not in my world. In my world, those two characters are still together and they've been married to t for 27 years and they lived happily ever after. Like, I prefer this version. So with fanfic, you can write your own version of the story without feeling like you have to adhere to to real life. It just it, yeah. it allows us to dream up a different ending to the story. You know, like nobody has ever written that the band never broke up. And that's yeah. weird to me. I mean, neither, neither have I, but nobody has ever written that the band didn't break up that, you know, 20 years down the line, you know, in sync and Backstreet or on their, you know, 30th anniversary tour and, you know, like all the, the infighting with the band because they're getting, because they're getting older or maybe they're tired of touring and they're tired of each other. I've been looking at your face for 30 years. I'm sick of it. Like that would be a fun series, I think, to write. I don't Wait. know if it's too late for that, but like that would be like an, a really interesting like alternate reality. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't think I've seen it. Like, where's the imagination, people? Yeah. That would be a fun read. That, was, <laughs> that, would, actually, that would actually be like a, like a, I mean, I guess it would be like Backstreet Boys, but like 45-year-old boy band members. Like, what is, what, <laughs> what is that about? And I have another story. <laughs> right. Eventually, I mean, yeah. eventually it'll get written. We have nothing but time. Well, thank you for joining me. This has been fun. One of my want to be respectful of your time uh, you're so welcome thanks for having me again this is always fun so yeah if you are not already on nsyncfiction.com you should join join us the archive is free to join if you want to help support keeping the archive running it's three dollars a month and get access to talking with other fans and other writers I mean, so originally I was like, oh, that's to me, that was what was the, the main draw as far mm -hmm. as being able to throw ideas out there and getting because I know I talk with Krista, but also getting more people's idea yeah. without necessarily yeah. being spoilers to the entire archive. Mm -hmm. But also have been able to just have some really good fan conversations and mm -hmm. even just, yeah, personal, like being able to build new friendships. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so if Absolutely. that's something you're, if that's something you're looking for, yeah, then that's it's a good place to be. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's Patreon.com/slash/nfcommunity. It is uh, three dollars a month, and that gives you access to the private Discord. We talk fandom. We talk writing. We talk personal stuff. We talk pop culture. Uh, we blame Justin for everything. Um, <laughs> the podcast blames JC. The Discord yeah. blames Justin. Yes. So, I mean, if people are going to blame him for anything anyway, we may as well right. join in the fun. 
Yeah. So <laughs> hope to see you all, um, at least on the archive. The archive is always free to read and post stories. Um, you have to be a member to leave feedback or a review, but there are tons and tons of stories on the archive. If you just like reading about your favorite pop band, I write as Miss M. And I have a lot of good stories. They're all JC stories. Um, I think I might, yeah, I think they're all JC stories. I have one that's a group <laughs> fic. I have one that's a group fic, but most of them, um, most of them are JC stories. So hope you well, all but, dig yeah. in and enjoy yeah. and have fun. <laughs> yeah, look, just a quick look at the overall stats. There's over 2,200 stories mm-hmm. on the archive. You're mm-hmm. bound to find something, something. <laughs> that reaches you yeah so yeah. yes yeah. and there's like story tags down at the bottom i don't think people yes. still tag their stories anymore but back in the day tagging was hot and so if you're looking for a story that is about like roommates southern j tour jc friends with benefits friends terms lovers breakup jc they're tagged so you might find yeah. you might find something good like it's good some some nighttime some nighttime reading (laughs) so yeah thank you again for joining me and i'll i'll talk to you in our group in about five minutes (laughs) probably i need some more water but in about five minutes (laughs) yeah all right have a good night you too bye-bye hopefully you enjoyed this episode and next week We continue our February author spotlight, and I will have an interview that I did with Anissa, so that'll be exciting to have her back, talk about her books, and more in-sync topics. So, until next time, friends, bye-bye-bye.